This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support this show. And there are so many, uh, there's such a variety of things I want to talk about today. Um, Let's start Mm -hmm. right off the bat with... I think the most amusing story I saw all week, which involved the Grammy Awards and this performance of Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Tell us. Tell us all about that performance. Well, you all know me. I am really down with current pop culture. I have lots of time and interest in it. So I have been following this closely and did not just receive a frantic text at 9.30 this morning saying, find out everything you can about this. I mean, I know some of it, but I don't know all the details because I don't always listen to like... Sam Smith made one song years ago that I heard and ever since then, like, off my radar. Yeah. But I did... Stay with me. He was on, like, Saturday Night Live, like, a couple weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and they did this performance of the same song. And the whole thing there is Kim Petras, who is a trans uh, performer, was, like, hiding under whatever dress Sam Smith was wearing. It was very Mother Gingerbread from the Nutcracker. Okay, yeah. And everyone was like... That's a reference everyone gets, right? Everybody. And it was like, (laughs) oh, that was interesting and unique and weird, but because it's SNL and because it's not the Grammys... right. It got less attention than this performance, which went all in on the satanic vibe of everything. Yeah. So I watched the SNL video uh, performance and the Grammys performance. Specifically, I watched it with two of the Turning Point USA young ladies (laughs) doing commentary. Oh, this should be good. It... (laughs) I mean, okay, first of all, like live react videos are very good, but if they're good, but they're usually not very good. Mm -hmm. Um, This was just two girls watching a performance going, "Mm." (laughs) Mm. see, I just don't like that. I don't want to see that. And like, you know, if you ask me, what do I think people from Turning Point USA would say during live react video to anything at the Grammys? That's probably what I would have guessed. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not for you people. Literally, they're <laughs> like, yeah, the the red is so aggressive. <laughs> all right, dog. So essentially... Uh-huh. Um, He's dressing like a top they, hat with okay, horns. Oh, I'm sorry. All, What's the uh, correct Sam Smith pronouns? is they, them. Kim Petras is she, her. She, okay. uh, she is now the first trans artist to win a Grammy for either for that, in that category or any category. In that category, I think. Um, and then Sam is, is non-binary. Okay. Sam's wearing a hat with horns coming out of it. Uh, I would like to own that hat for myself. (laughs) I covet it greatly. (laughs) Ted Cruz weighed in on the performance of this This satanic idea. Evil. It is is just for for Ted Cruz to say, "Hey, these two people performed a song at the Grammys, and it was all red and it had satanic vibes." Because the song is called "Unholy." Unholy. Yeah, it's um. Dude, he, and Ted know, Cruz fun. was responding to another conservative commentator who says, oh, don't fight the culture wars, they say. Meanwhile, demons are teaching your kids to worship Satan. Right. I could throw up. It's like it's, they're singing they're a song so at the Grammys. dramatic. I'm trying to find a quote that I had about what the song was about that sort of undercuts everything <laughs> that everybody's saying, but I can't find it right now. Um, so essentially this, uh, so Sam takes the stage at, dressed up essentially as like Beelzebub. That's a funny thing is like, it wasn't even 
creepy. It was definitely like intense. It wasn't even like a creepy Satan. It was like a very cartoonish, like he looked like the guy who played Satan in the monkeys episode. Like it was. Do you remember when little Nas X performed, uh, which was a much more satanic hellish theme of a song. And I think he made out with one of the devils or something, or maybe all of the devils. This is what Kim Petras said. Maybe this is the quote you're looking for talking about what the song is about. Thank you so much. It's a take on not being able to choose religion and not being able to live the way that people might want you to live. She said, I think a lot of people have labeled what I stand for and what Sam stands for as religiously not cool. I personally grew up wondering about religion and wanting to be a part of it, but then slowly realizing it doesn't want me to be a part of it. Thank you. That is a, uh, that was the quote I was looking for. I think that seems to be a refrain I've heard a lot lately. And we've talked about a lot um, on this show of both the church and the queer community being like, oh, you don't want us here. This isn't about, like integrating or secularism or being, you know, not acting on your impulses. You don't want trans people you in your church. You don't want trans people or gay people in your church. So, like, let's stop pretending that these people are, like, fighting against something and just being like, well, you don't want me, so, like, go fuck yourself. They were doing an artistic Im- expression of what this song means. I mean, the idea that they were performing this in the hopes that kids would, I don't know, be attracted to Satan or something means you don't understand how art works, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but more, the funniest thing I found in the aftermath of this, besides conservatives flipping out over absolutely nothing of significance, like, right, they're not going after your kids, buddy. It's so sad. And people are like, <laughs> people sit down with their families to watch this. Do they? <laughs> no. No, no one's watching no, like award shows. Maybe the Oscars. <laughs> um, the funniest thing I saw, TMZ reached out to the Church of Satan, mm. and that person's like, yeah, the performance was all right. Yeah, it was it's fine. nothing particularly special. He wore a neat little hat. <laughs> Lucian Greaves, the, the uh, satanic temple person, said, we talked about this last week. They recently opened an abor- a virtual abortion uh-huh. clinic in New Mexico. He's like, it's frustrating that I've gotten more calls asking me to respond to the Sam Smith Kim Petras performance yeah. than people did than reporters did about the abortion clinic. Yeah. But interesting what everyone's wants to go after, what they want to make a big media spectacle about. Totally. And it's about the least offensive thing it, ever I mean, because that wasn't even anti church much. Like and as if nobody's ever used like red lights as a visual representation <laughs> of Satan in pop yeah. culture. It's like, called this Hell even, Houses. Yeah, We've seen this them. isn't even a rich... Like, honestly, if this hadn't gotten this, I'd be like, really? They just bathed the whole fucking thing in red light? And yeah. That was their lighting scheme? Like, <laughs> have some subtlety, gang. I just said, Kim, uh, Kim Petras in the same performance danced in a cage mm-hmm. surrounded by fire and backup dancers dressed as devils, which, again, it's a theme. They're going for the, the theme. People were like, she was in a cage. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to, like, genuinely, they, when I hear people say, oh, and here she is in a cage, like, is that a famous symbol Would of Would you like something? a bubble? Maybe evangelicals will understand it then. <laughs> I also want to read um, a, part, a portion of Kim's um, acceptance speech, which I found very lovely, um, because I think it's just such a wholesome look at, like, what it must be to grow up trans. Um, she said, I grew up next to a highway in nowhere, Germany, and my mother believed believed that I was a girl and without her and I wouldn't be here without her and her support. And like just hmm. that simple 
the way she phrased it, I really liked. Like she believed I was who I was, mm-hmm. and it was um, it's lovely. Uh, good for them. They seem well. They seemed giddy. Like I haven't <laughs> seen people that happy to an award in a hot sack. Um, good for them. I like Sam Smith. I think their voice is outstanding. I remember there was that weird thing with Tom Petty a few years back, and I have Tom no Petty idea was what like, you're, referencing. "You're cool, Sam." Uh, basically, he um, his song "Stay with Me" has oh. the same chord progression oh. as "Don't Back Down." Because Tom um, Petty uses like the same three chords for everything, and so everyone's gonna copy that because you don't. Ha- it's like saying I trademarked the letter A and B. Truly, I would love to come to Tom Petty's offense. I know everything defense. about music, by the way. Therefore, I mean, Free no Fallen was the first song I learned how to play on guitar <laughs> yeah. because it's just a modified D chord over and over and over. Like I just had to move two fingers, and I was like, yeah, I can play guitar. Which um, means anyone doing any guitar song is probably gonna stumble like, upon stuff. Yeah, exactly. But like, it was literally like, and I won't back down. And stay with me. It's oh. kind of the same, but it's a different. It doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm <laughs> digging into this, but truly good for them. Um, this is very fun outrage to watch because it's <laughs> the stakes simply couldn't be lower. Which is the Fox News preferred method of outrage. Sure. There's like this is just above like tan suit yes. level. <laughs> Well, and also uh, what I really like is sort of the ellipses on the end of everybody's complaint. And it's like, so here they are. They're dressing, you know, Sam up <laughs> as Satan and her, Kim is in a cage and your kids are seeing it. So dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blank. Yeah. We're <laughs> and then and then what? like the thing about they're teaching us kids to worship. You know Satan. who teaches kids about Satan? Church. Christians. Yeah. <laughs> We'd, like the thing that's been passed around a billion times of like. Uh, the thing about Satanists is we don't actually believe in right. Satan. And what do you call somebody who believes in Satan? A Christian. Right. Like, it's it's all of a piece. And it's so low stakes. And they love the culture war outrages. And, tr- like, the don't, don't fight the culture wars, they say. And then this. Like, and then what? You're seeing a thing you didn't enjoy? Do you know how much stuff... I don't enjoy his on TV. Tim Allen is fucking everywhere on television. This is why Broadway is not for you. This is why Broadway is not for these young young ladies (laughs) who are really nervous about the red wash light. So, Good job, okay. artists. On the same front, get yep. this story. There's a private school in Kansas City, Missouri called Urban Christian Academy. And they're shutting down at the end of this school year. It's a K to eighth grade school, kindergarten mm-hmm. through eighth grade. And they only have about 100 students in the building, which is not that unusual for a Christian, private Christian school. What's interesting about this place is that all tuition is covered by donors. So kids who want to go to this private oh. Christian school, they don't have to pay tuition. Um, and they mostly serve low in. This is from their website. Low income students of color. That's their primary uh, student base. Don't love it being called urban when it's for young black kids, <laughs> and I assume it was started by a white person. But what do I know? It. I'm pretty sure you are correct. But okay. here's the thing that's interesting about this place. Yep. What changed about a year, maybe two years ago, is that the school always had this mission of being quote wildly inclusive, which is the sort of thing a mega church would say. Yeah. Like we love everybody. It's like Christianese. As long as, you. As, long as right. Dot dot dot. Yeah. Well, executive <laughs> Again, that famous ellipses. <laughs> well, executive director and co-founder of this place, Kaylee Calloway George, she said about a year or two ago 
you know what? We say we are wildly inclusive, but I think a lot of people, I'm paraphrasing, like people have questions about what that actually means when you're a Christian school. And she said, our silence was contributing to the hurt and pain our queer community members were experiencing. Okay. So they changed their mission statement to say, and I'm quoting here from their mission statement, we are an affirming school. We stand with the LGBTQIA plus community and believe in their holiness. We celebrate the diversity of God's creation in all its varied and beautiful forms, dot, Mm -hmm. dot, dot. We want all people who are part of the UCA family to feel free to explore and express who they are. Wow. Yeah. That's really nice. Like, they're not going to go beyond that because, again, it's a K through 8 school. They're not talking about marriage or anything like that. They're just saying you are who you are. Like, doesn't matter. We're not going to kick you out Uh for any of these reasons. Within six months... Of when that new statement was published, this is from the Kansas City Star, basically the school began bleeding money, and they went from taking in $334,000 in December of 2021 to taking in about (gasps) $15,000 this past December, two years later. Shit. And with that, you can't cover tuition for the kids, and with that money, uh, they're going to basically, they have to shut down. And that's it. And, the, and because of, I want to be clear, nothing changed. They just clarified their stance. Yeah, they just clarified, hey, when we say wildly inclusive, like, we, we mean, mean it. it. And she said she's gotten letters from parents and donors that said Christian compassion doesn't mean universalism. And that Wait, what does that mean? Like, oh, it doesn't. There are uh, restrictions apply to God's unconditional love. Uh, and they are spreading a, quote, false means? gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know? <laughs> it's unconditional love with only a couple of conditions. This is also interesting. The church, uh, the school also received money from eight different churches in mm. the area. All eight withdrew their support. Cute. That's a good luck. Uh, quote, citing a disagreement of values based on the inclusion of the LGBTQ community. And what and happens to this hundred children who... That is a very good question. I mean... I guess the, church the silver care. lining is that their parents will probably find them a public school, but I don't know what the quality of the public schools are in that uh, area. I don't yeah. even have a problem with parents saying, I don't like the quality of the public school, so I'm paying for my kids to go to a private. I get that sentiment, mm. but these parents, by and large, do not have the money to send their kids to another private school, much less a private Christian school. So they're probably just... But again, I don't care about the public-private aspect of this. Those kids now have to uproot. Yeah, it, it's uh, from very the disruptive. Before eighth grade, mm-hmm. they have to find new friends, new social groups, all that, which is tough. The pits and all of this for why the school wasn't promoting LGBTQ anything. They're just like, oh yeah, yeah if you are, we we love you. Yeah. By the way, which is something something Jesus taught us, mm-hmm. and all these Christians are like, what now? I don't think you he understand. loves who. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, there have been other Christian schools where, uh, this is from the same article, a school in Florida last year asked all LGBTQ students to leave immediately in a message to parents. There was a... Wait, where? Uh, this was in Valrico, Florida. Jesus Christ. Uh, there That's was a intense. Cr- uh, Christian school in Saskatoon in Canada that was accused of abuse, and they performed an exorcism on a student to cast out gay demons. Oh, Boy, that I mean, probably th- wasn't too traumatizing is, for these that These are usually child. the stories we hear when it yeah. comes to private Christian schools and how they treat LGBTQ people. We've talked about Catholic schools that are like, we're going to kick out 
Uh, this just happened like yesterday. If there your was parents a Catholic... are gay, you can't be part of our church. That's part of it. I think one teacher at a Catholic school this week, I didn't uh, read up on this story, but I think someone must have sent the school administrators a picture of her kissing her same-sex partner, which she's like, that's not even public on social media. What the hell? How did someone get that? Whoa. But the school's like, oh, you're in a same-sex relationship. You can't be here. They fired her, which mm. they have the right to do, but also that's what how that the Catholic here schools with work. a couple years ago. Yep. And so, again, this is what we expect. This school's like, you know what? Not saying anything. People are just going to assume we're like the rest of these people. So we're going to go out of our way to make sure kids know they are loved no matter mm. who they are. And all these Christians are like, nope, I'm out. We don't like that Tells kind of you a love. lot about their priorities right there. Poor kids. I know. I know. So they have what the rest assholes. of this year. and terrible. then. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free for a year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Oh, hot we'll take. <laughs> um, different a survey that just came out. This is from the Pew Research Center. And here's the question they wanted to know. What percent of U.S. parents say it is important that their children have similar religious beliefs to their own? When those kids grow up, what percentage of parents say it's important to them for that their, their kids, kids grow up, grow up to, to have to the same be... the religion? Yeah, same oh, religion. Oh, I white evangelicals. How many oh. of them said extremely or very important? Ninety percent. <laughs> if you look at extremely, very important, mm -hmm. and somewhat important, mm -hmm. yes, we're at ninety percent, yeah. uh, eighty-nine percent. Extremely or very important, 50. seventy percent. Wow. All Americans, if you look at everybody, 35. So <laughs> white evangelicals specifically, twice as many, 70% mm. uh, of them say, no, this is a huge deal. Mm. My kids have to grow up Otherwise to be the I same failed. religion. Yeah, pretty much. Now, on the flip side, religiously unaffiliated parents, mm -hmm. how many of them are like, my kids better grow up to be godless? How many said it's very important or extremely important? 25%? Eight. <laughs> like really? virtually none of them are saying the same thing. So, I mean, just two very different ways of parenting here. Um, I'm actually surprised that that's as low as it is. Yeah. I, I, I and only 14% said it's somewhat important. So I mean, put those together, shit. fewer than a quarter of non-religious, uh, religiously unaffiliated parents are like, I, they're mostly like, I don't give a shit what my kids believe know. when I, they're older. I'm kind of 
curious about that because I, I don't have kids, but I feel like if I did and all of a sudden they come home in their mid-20s and they're like, oh, I joined the LDS church <laughs> or something like that, I'd be like... Did I fail? Yeah, <laughs> true. Like, and not like oh, not no, you. My kid, right. my kid went to church. I, you treat it like they like, were like, what? oh no, they got caught with pot in the bedroom. I mean, <laughs> oh no, I, I found, found a Bible. Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I have failed as a parent. And then I just ran for the same joke with all of our speed. <laughs> no, I. But honestly, like, wouldn't. Like, if one of your kids in 15 years was like, you know what? I really think Catholicism is the religion for me. This is the thing. Every, I, as someone who's been watching this from a distance when I was not a parent, but interested in like the dynamic here and someone who is a parent now, it's like, no, you raise your kids to hopefully be good people, hopefully smart kids and stuff. And then when they're old enough to think about this stuff, no doubt I will at least unconsciously like, judge trash religion in their presence <laughs> i'm sure that'll happen but at the same time if they grew up and they're like i think i believe in god it's like whatever it's your life yeah. you do whatever you want i are hope you, you happy, have my healthy, values safe. right are you a good person right. then i d- whatever i don't care mm. i hope you don't try to convert me while we're at it mm-hmm. but after that it's your life do whatever you want whereas if you look at white evangelical specifically i mean they have names for kids who leave the fold prodigal son and oh, you know did they yeah. come back they Make sure in church that their kids, I mean, they try really hard to make sure their kids are never exposed to anything that might cause them to deviate. That's a good point. Right? That we're, is a we're huge, keeping you in the bubble. We want a, you to be abstinent. We want you to, we don't like you listening to rock music. Right. So here's some Christian rock. Yeah, that's. Here's veggie tales for you. That's a very interesting difference that I guess I didn't consider is it's not like you as a parent are, you're like. When you drive by churches, you're like, hey, look over there, kids. Like, just don't even look at the cross. Hide your eyes. Look straight forward. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> They're watching Fast and the Furious and Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio comes up and he's like, no, children. Look away. Look only at the cars. I also think if you're ever in a different country or a different yeah. state where, like, a church might be the tourist attraction in Ch- that community. Sure. I can't for a second imagine, like, oh, oh we can't. Go no, it's yeah. like let's go in. It looks cool. I do think we a went lot of somewhere p- recently, and there was a church that was kind of the centerpiece of where we were. And it's like, yeah, we're going yeah, inside. We're go it looks see the cool. church. Go whatever. The- I have nothing to hide you from you. You're going to ask questions. Yeah. I hope I give you good answers. Right. Um, but also, I mean, if you go to any whatever Christian bookstore still exists, or mm-hmm. you go on Amazon and look at Christian Mustard books, seed. how many resources are there for parents to say, how do you deal if you're with your kids if they have religious doubts? Sure. And the answer is not, yeah, let them ask let questions. Them, yeah. <laughs> no, let it's them not. Do it's, what they need here's to do. how to get them back on track. So they have, and if you talk about the Catholic church, between mm. CCD classes and religious sure. schools, and oh, you want to get married in the church? Even though you're an adult, hey, we have classes for you, too. Yeah, and you have to sign a thing. Your <laughs> spouse has to also be this, that, and the other. Oh, like, boy. So they have so many resources designed to keep kids in the fold and maintain the faith. And I do get, like, this isn't just I want them to do it. In the case of white evangelicals, it's a salvation thing. I don't mm-hmm. want my kids going to hell, mm-hmm. so I have to keep them on track. Right. But at the same time, like, it's... I was trying to envision what's the atheist version of any of this going to be like, and it almost makes no sense. It is the like, oh no, my kid's smoking pot in the bedroom. It's, yeah. oh no, I found the Bible in the, uh, the, their backpack. But what are you going to do? Uh, 
kick your kids out of the house because they secretly attended a church service. Right. Um, uh, that's not going to happen. If my kid is... explores a religious belief, that is not a problem to be fixed. Well, kind of the other interesting thing is like what they consider like a quote unquote threatening religion. So like, oh, if you learn right. about Islam in school, that's bad. But <laughs> if you, I don't know, spend your entire junior high experience only learning about Greek mythology, <laughs> parents are like, great, this is this is useful for you, Jess. You're going to grow up and be a well-rounded person. <laughs> right, right. And that's my take. <laughs> I want you to learn about various religions right. as a sociological thing. It's interesting. you got to oh, know what makes people tick. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I, I want you to learn about it. I want you to ask questions. I hope I can provide answers. I, every... I've seen a number of books about atheist parenting over the year, like because mm-hmm. that, that re- those resources don't really exist, right? And I can't think of any of them that have gotten any traction anywhere mm-hmm. that said, "Here's how to make sure your kid is still an atheist growing up." Right? They, I, it's just it's outside the ethos of how a lot of non-religious parents think. Yes, that's like, a really I don't good want way to indoctrinate you. Into what I think. It's sort of, I feel like a lot of people kind of go the opposite way of like, I'm going to teach you about every single fucking religion in the <laughs> world. If you want to pick one of these, great. If not, also cool. And there's a difference between I'm going to some random church around the block versus I'm joining Scientology or right, whatever it is. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. But I, I mean, my oldest is like seven. I don't think she's heard the word atheist yet. No. You know, like, why would she? Because I'm not talking about that yet. When she has questions, we'll discuss it. My coworker and her husband do listen to our podcast in the car and do refer to me as just the atheist <laughs> when I come up in conversation. So I don't know if yours is the universal experience for atheists. <laughs> Here's another interesting thing. For all the things... Oh, by the way, there are some conservatives who, at least one I saw on Twitter, but I'm sure there are others, mm. who saw that poll who said 70% of white evangelical parents say it's extremely, very important that their kids maintain the faith. But that means there are about 30% who said it's either somewhat important or not at all important that my kids keep the faith. Sure. And they had questions about those 30%. Like, what what is wrong with the rest of you that you're like, no, I'm cool if my kids choose a different path. If you're a white evangelical and you're saying, no, it's, I'm okay with That's it. That's the path. Like, what's going on with your beliefs here? Because yeah. I have questions. There aren't options in this. <laughs> and the weirdest thing about all of this is that all those resources and the protective bubble a lot of these churches keep around their kids, it hasn't even necessarily worked. Because several years ago, the Pew Research Center also did a survey where they talked about religious switching. And here's what they mean by that. Um, they looked at people like... When it comes to how many people are leaving a religion versus joining a religion, uh, what it, it turns out that if you look at the non-religious crowd, for every one person that leaves like and becomes religious, mm-hmm. 4.2 people become non-religious. For Catholics, for every one person who joins the Catholic Church, uh-huh. 6.5 are leaving. Like, uh. And those are trends happening over the years. And it's like... the. If the Catholic Church, with all its resources and all the ways it's tried to keep you in the church, is bleeding people. I mean, this is happening everywhere. A close friend of mine is um, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Mm. and she was telling me all about, first of all, lots of good gossip around the (laughs) Illinois Adventist Church. Love to fill y'all in on that. (laughs) 
But she was saying, we have to start consolidating our churches because we have these churches that are for five people who come every week, but... It and doesn't make any financial 94 sense. 94 years old. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Like, that's honestly what they're dealing with. And she's sort of having a moment about it. I'm like, yeah, sucks. <laughs> when it comes to Happy evangelicals, never, not just white evangelicals, but all evangelicals, mm-hmm. for every one person who leaves, 1.2 are joining, which suggests they're growing. But keep in mind, this is from 2014. Okay. But oh. that includes all evangelicals and, you know, mainstream Protestants. People, uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say mainstream. Like evangelicals who are not white evangelicals, yeah, they might be growing. And also some of those, like it's like mega cultists and stuff like that. Those are growing in some capacity because sure. they're drawing in the more hardcore people. But well, it's not I, a huge growth for I, all the ways they have to keep you in the bubble. It's not like they're growing. A huge amount. They're losing population. And isn't it interesting that our society is so rooted into capitalism that we're like, oh my God, they're maintaining stasis. They're having a terrible time. Like, not everything needs to continuously grow forever. Twitter Mm. and Facebook and Netflix. (laughs) Right. Um, Like, just be good and leave it and enjoy the money that pours in. Right. Enjoy your gold throne. Not how capitalism works, but I get it. Certainly is not. But yeah, no, that's that is interesting, and I'm curious. And, and also, you said it's from 2014. The switching is from 2014, but the 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 numbers I'm citing about I'm the people who want their kids to be the same—that's recent. I'm curious if they're going to do a uh, a follow up in 2024 to see that because I it would feel be like, very interesting. Yeah, 2014 feels like. Uh, light years ago. Exactly. Exactly. And again, if you want to keep your kids in the fold, I mean, maybe all the bigotry isn't helping. Truly. Like, that's the other thing is they do no self-reflection or they try to do self, they pretend to do self-reflection and then continue doing the same thing they always do. Of like, like the the sort of reckoning they had after Mitt Romney lost um, in the GOP. And they're like, we really have to start reaching out to people of color. And then they nominated Donald Trump. Right. Right. This is what you stand for. Like, we see truly, it. They, they do so little self-reflection and just assume the problem is always <laughs> with the rest of the world. This is uh, not a full story I want to pursue, but just keep in mind, uh, if you are listening to this before the Super Bowl on Sunday, mm. you are going to see two ads from the He Gets Us Jesus people. Two. These are the people that had like the $100 million in the bank yeah, and then some... Who's- Funding them? Conservative Christian groups that also work with all the other fundamentalists. Just writ large, not anybody in particular? Uh, I don't think they've made donors public. Gotcha. Okay. But they just have a giant pool of money and they're spending at least like $14 million on these two ads that say something like, Jesus is just like us. And that's it. It's an advertisement for Jesus right before the beer commercial and right after like Green Eminem does something sexy. Mm. So... Be on the lookout. It's um, trying to make you think Jesus is cool, but the website steers you to churches. And again, some of those churches are horrible places. I mean, Jesus is kind of cool. Could be. If you listen to the things that he actually said and not the way that modern people interpret what he said. So not what any of the Christian groups behind the campaign are doing, Uh which is their goal. Their goal is to get you to like Jesus because they know no one likes them. Hey, a brown socialist, don't mind if I do. But as we've talked about before, like... they give you a crew cut. The thing that bothered me about that campaign is they're saying, like, you know, Jesus was a refugee as well. Well, who do you think is hurting refugees more than anyone else? We're... 
screwing over refugees because of what Christians, conservative Christians specifically, have done with public Jesus policy. Jesus was pro-sex work. He was pro-feeding the poor. Yeah. He was pro-healing so who's hurting the, the poor? Who's hurting sex work? Who's doing all that stuff? It's conservative Y'all, Christians. Uh, so just keep that in mind when you see that commercial during the Super Bowl. Self-awareness has never been their number one <laughs> attribute. So I'm not really expecting to see any changes anytime I'm, soon. I will. I am going to enjoy the uh, responses on Twitter. That will be yeah. fun. I will check that out. I don't, my husband and I on here, how pretentious we are. We, uh, because we hate football. Mm-hmm. On Super Bowl Sunday, we always try to like do something else. Uh-huh. So on Sunday, we're going to go see Into the Woods and oh, Aurora. And I'm very, very excited. It's fun. one of my favorite shows. That sounds much better than watching ads, which is all I'm going to be and doing. And then I'll come home and be able to scroll people yes. making fun of the Jesus <laughs> thing. And then they'll, everybody will talk about football for like 48 hours and I'll right. ignore it. And then my life will go back, back to normal. To normal. <laughs> right. Um, here's an interesting story. Okay. I'm going to give you some background on this because this took up like a day of my time and it was totally worth it. Okay. <laughs> a few years ago, I found uh, there was some article in a local newspaper in New Hampshire where a write, a reporter was maybe a, a commentator was writing about how there was this demographic shift where people were moving away from religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've seen that coming. That's fine. Basically they were saying it impacts local churches because they're losing members. They're not able to survive as much. Uh-huh. One priest in that article was quoted as saying the rise in secularism has been the result uh, has led to people being more selfish and because they're not relying on God. Mm. I mean, whatever. That was a quote it's, in the article from a priest that's not even important. What was interesting is that after that priest was quoted in the article saying people are selfish these days. What, is he basing that on anything or just no, like his general observation? General observation. Okay. But in response it's to a this real article, situation. in response to that article, someone wrote a letter to the editor where he, he said, I failed to see the problem with this cultural shift. Um, in an age of information, scientific progress and exploration and under, the understanding of the workings of our world, okay. it is difficult, and to be frank, rather foolish, to hold on to archaic beliefs that deny reality. Wow. Dot, dot, dot. I do not see the value of belief systems that consistently devalue others by telling them they're bad people for not believing the same things or having some kind of moral superiority. Um, wow. Goes on to say, not by being able to rely on ourselves instead of unseen forces that cannot be proven to exist, we encourage personal responsibility, personal freedom, and autonomy with others. This is part of a longer letter. So I'm like, yeah, go okay. whoever wrote that okay. letter, right? All and right. then I look at who's signing the letter. Who signed the letter? It was a Republican legislator in the state of New Hampshire, like a sitting Republican lawmaker in the state. And your look is the look I had, which is, huh? Yeah. This doesn't seem right. And Ooh. so I'm like, wait. So the guy's name was Brandon Finney. And I feel like a New Hampshire Republican is a different breed of you Republican. are kind of correct yeah. on that. But I, I reached out to the guy and I'm like, wait, you didn't say this in your letter, but like, are you an atheist? And I'm paraphrasing here. I'm not quoting him. But he's basically like, yes. Huh? I'm like, wait. Dude, does anyone know you're an atheist? And the answer is like, well, my friends do. I don't hide it or anything. My colleagues know. I'm like, okay, but first of all, back up. You're a Republican atheist. I don't think you realize how few atheists are in public office. And they're at the moment that this happened. This is like 2017 or 18. I'm like, there are literally zero. You're the only one at the state level or higher. Uh, who's, can I can I tell people you're an atheist? Because I think that's an interesting story. He said, fine. So I wrote about that. Uh-huh. Okay. 
cut to a few months later. He's in office for one term. 2017? Yeah, ish. Okay. I I can't remember if he got elected in 2016 or 2018, but it was one of those. Okay. Um, So if you're No, I think that was after 2018. Um, Though I lie. Oh, boy. 2016. 2016. He got voted in. So he's there for a two year term. So cut to a few months later, Mm -hmm. and I'm not taking credit for this, but it just chronologically, it happened a few months later. He says, I'm leaving the Republican Party. I am going to join the Libertarian Party Uh, because that matches more with my brand of old school Republican personal freedom type of stuff. Um, So whatever. okay, White gentleman. He is. Mm. I mean, it's New Hampshire. Eh, So Libertarian. (laughs) So whatever. He becomes a Libertarian. Mm -hmm. While he's in the Libertarian Party Mm -hmm. with, I guess, all four people, um, he even forms a (laughs) secular caucus in the Libertarian Party. Very interesting. Anywhere it's New Hampshire or Idaho, sure. right? And then in 2018, he runs for re-election. And it turns out doesn't matter who you are, when you are a third party candidate in uh-huh. a general election, you are gonna get crushed. Absolutely. He got not. 10% of the vote. Aww. The Republican in the race won by like 200 votes or something like that. Mm. So anyway, he's out of office. And then he's off my radar because you're not in office anymore. Okay, I Private do your thing. Um so anyway. I off my radar. I've been trying to compile data with some people at the American Humanist Association over the course of the next couple of years, like how many non-religious people are running for office. Uh, twenty twenty-two rolls around for that election. He's not on my radar. Why would he be? He's not in office. Then I find out this week he's in office again. He's in the New Hampshire legislature. And he didn't tell us. And no one—I mean, no one told me. This is my fault. I should have <laughs> looked. I didn't even know to look. But he's back in there. Nice. Also interesting. He's a Republican. Oh, and I'm like, oh, we learned our lesson. What happened to that party doesn't represent me uh-huh. and I'm a libertarian now. And I'm like, I don't know what happened in the past three, four, four years that you've been out of office. Right. But something made you a Republican again. Uh-huh. And I'm like, why would you join them now? A desire to be in power? <laughs> well, this is my question. I'm like, did you just put the R next to your name so you could get elected? This is what I wanted to know. Uh-huh. And did any of your beliefs change or what? And I'm going through social media, whatever he's posted. And I see a whole mix of things that could go either way. Here's an example. I'm quoting from right before Election Day last year. The part He's talking about Democrats here. The party of lockdowns, forced masking and vaccines, oh boy. bizarre gender ideology, bizarre. cultish attachment to authority, dehumanization of political opponents, and illogical and unsustainable monetary policy is trying to convince you they are not the fascists. And I'm like, mm, that seems pretty mega of you. Sorry, he said this to you? No, he or said, just this, on said this on Facebook. This is on Sorry. Facebook. Okay, regular well, wait, post. So I want to go back a little bit. Yeah. What was the thing about consenting? Force, max, masking, and vaccines, bizarre gender ideology. Ideology, keep reading. There was uh, something Cultish else. attachment oh, to authority. That one. I don't get that one. That um, is mega. That's literally it's, it's all, all mega stuff. Or anti quote unquote woke stuff and i'm like right. okay so did something did you become more conservative because you were not talking about this stuff years ago. well you know in 2017 nobody had heard of <laughs> <laughs> being an absolute fucking toad <laughs> so um but at the same time if you look elsewhere on his thread within like we're talking days of that post like it's not a significant amount of time he also says this is after he gets elected because of the partisan divide mm-hmm. being separated by literally two or three in New Hampshire, where uh, I should make clear his victory as a Republican 
meant something because in the New Hampshire State House, where I'm pretty sure every person who lives in New Hampshire is a member of the State House because mm-hmm. they have like 400 <laughs> House members and like only 300 people live in the state. I Truly. don't know how that works. But the New Hampshire State House, Republicans have a 201 to 197 edge. I think there's like two vacancies. Whoa. But like, it's close. It's like U.S. House majority close. So like Republicans need every vote they can get there if they want to maintain power. So like the fact that he's a Republican matters. But at the same time, even though we had that mega post, there's also this one because of the partisan divide being separated by just two or three. Don't expect to see much get done over the next two years. Might not necessarily be a bad thing considering how many bad bills are filed each year. Hmm. I am still going to vote yes for reasonable cannabis legislation. Okay. And my goal is to lessen the amount of government oversight by repealing outdated, antiquated, and unenforceable regulations. Sure. Which is pretty libertarian, which is mer- like... Whatever, marijuana stuff, okay, yeah, fine. I, don't, I think Democrats are pretty much right there with you, buddy. Like, you don't need to go full facet, fascist to get weed. And then two weeks ago... You're in New Hampshire. Two weeks ago, makes another post. I am not supporting Donald Trump for president in 2024. Like, uh-huh. all right. Like, all right. So, I'm trying to think... I feel like think, that's not I'm a hot seeing, take anymore. Well, among elected Republicans, it might be, to uh, put it out there. So, again... It's kind of hard to pigeonhole this guy. Mm. There are moments when he goes full on Breitbart and other times he's like, yeah, you're a libertarian and anti-government sort of thing. That libertarian streak is kind of there. So I'm like, okay, what is going on with this guy? What happened in the past four years? I don't know. So did January 6th happen to him? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, hey, buddy. Yeah. Remember me? Hemet is typing with his hands <laughs> like a muppet. So he's like, "Yeah, give me a call." So yeah. we talked on the phone. Here's what I here's what I learned. He also expected to be done with politics in 2018 after he lost his reelection bid. Uh-huh. He did think about running for local city council, but then he moved to a different part of New Hampshire. He began drumming in a I'm going to quote this a progressive death slash doom metal band. Dang. He's not bad, by the way. Yeah? Um, Real and metronome, then, this so guy? He's living in a new part of New Hampshire, living in a new district. Mm. The local Republican Party, which must have known him because he was an elected Republican official at one point, they get in touch with him and they're like, hey, run for as a Republican because we don't have a candidate in the upcoming race. I We're see. trying to recruit you know, candidates, mm-hmm. as everyone does. And they're like, hey, can you run for an open seat that we have here because we think you would probably win? Mm. And he told me, it took me a while to say yes. And that's partly because of the religious extremism in the party. Wow. He said he hasn't changed. The party has changed. We've heard that before, too. But he said his goal is really legalizing cannabis. <laughs> that's kind of the only priority he has because New Hampshire is the only state in New England that has not done that yet, which surprised me. I did that not know that. shocking. But he's like, listen, this is what I want to see happen. Yeah. And the best way for me to achieve that is get in office and really push for that to happen. Um, and he also knew that running as a... And with people an, say stoners aren't motivated. <laughs> running with an R after his name, uh, he knew as well as everyone else did, that's an easier path to victory than doing sure. it as a libertarian. He, he told me, he said all of this to the GOP leaders in that district, and they're like, that he wasn't going to be a rubber stamp for their other policies. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, whatever. We sure, don't care, right. dude. Just get in the... We need a House majority. Sure. So get in the race. And I think to them, they felt having a Republican who disagrees with them a lot is better than having a Democrat win that seat. It's a little like our Joe Manchin. Right, right. Right now, I would rather have Joe Manchin than the Republican who's probably going to beat him in two years. Right. Right. So 
Um, he also told me, I don't care about culture war stuff. Uh, he's, he told me he's not going to go along with like abortion restrictions. He says, I don't want to have anything to do with what goes into your body or what, what might come out of it. Wait, but he said the thing about... Anti... Uh, or like anti-trans stuff or something yeah. like that in there. Yeah. Like the untenable sexuality or something like that. Ooh, yeah. untenable sexuality. <laughs> Next album. <laughs> Love it. Um, you know, he said... He takes very much the position of a lot of contrarian people online, which is like, I'm not anti-trans. I just think trans people need to be stopped at a young age because things would happen. So, again, I'm not here to fight him on that Mm -hmm. necessarily because, like, I just want to know where the hell you what happened Mm -hmm. to you. Um, and that position is unfortunately common among a lot of Republicans mm-hmm. and conservatives in general. Truly. Um, I also, he also said, my specific goals in office are to move public policy in a direction that expands personal freedom and keeps the economy solvent, which he plans to do by legalizing cannabis, which again is the only thing driving him, apparently. Truly, though, listen, <laughs> if you're trying to get your government solvent... Slapping a 30% tax on weed is going to get you there, my dude. It's not going to hurt. Um, and by the way, what he told me, there's only one other atheist Republican in statewide office that I know of. Our and Idaho it's gentleman? Our friend from Idaho. And he pretty much takes a lot of the same positions, at least on paper. Yeah. Where he's like, look, I'm not the religious extremist, for sure. But when it comes to economy and fiscal stuff... Like, I take this old-school conservative Republican approach, which, again, roll your eyes all you want. And I did. I'm waiting to see, now that they're both in office, okay, we'll see what they actually vote for. Mm -hmm. We'll see what they actually propose and Mm -hmm. sponsor and all that stuff. But anyway, I just found that story very interesting. There are now two sitting Republican atheists Mm -hmm. in state legislature. Good for them. Interesting. Nice work. Is it? Is it good for them? I don't know. It's just a thing you say, Hammett. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck, man. Um, it's not even noon. Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of friends, Kent Hovind, the creationist uh, who has the small place, the, the Did cheap. Did you get my friends joke? Yeah. Our friends. Clap, 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 clap. clap, clap I get clap, the joke. Clap. I get the joke. We're and that. I am giving it the appropriate response. <laughs> Kent Hovind is the guy who has like the cheapo uh, creation museum in Alabama, not the Ken Ham like multi-million dollar one. Alabama one. one. It's this little pocket of Alabama. It's so trashy. It is kind of trashy. And it's, he just does his little YouTube videos. And then all the time he has people just swinging by the, the little Lennox, Alabama studios and doing a tour of the creationist stuff. Um, The Daily Beast this week, uh, Kelly Weil, a reporter for the Daily Beast published a story uh, late last week Basically saying this place has been a hotbed of sexual abuse. Or I should clarify, there have been known predators who end up staying at the compound. And everyone knows this person has done some stuff and no one's stopping them. Well, that's the Catholic Church's entire philosophy, so I'm not surprised. This is from the article. Hovind spoke about a longtime friend who had done time for battery... And committing lewd acts on children under the age of 14. Oh. Hovind claimed the conviction was a sham. And the friend was actually being persecuted for his work. What Um, work? um, Doing some religious conspiracy theory stuff. In Alabama? You think somebody was gunning for him for his religious work in (laughs) Alabama? Kent Hovind was casually telling another guy who worked at the the place Uh 
about his longtime friend who was this supposed predator. Mm. And the guy in the car is like, well, what am I supposed to do here? I'm in a ride with you in the car. I'm not going to argue with you here. But here's more from the thing. Since Hovind launched his latest incarnation of Dinosaur Adventureland in 2016, (laughs) two wives have left him, one citing financial concerns with the park and the other because he assaulted her. Oh. Volunteers and staffers have also quit DAL over Mm. a range of grievances. Among their concerns are repeated visits to DAL by Hovind's sex offender friend who allegedly molested a child at the park. (gasps) Also... The death by drowning of a different child in a pond used for baptisms. Oh, no. That happened. We talked about that when it happened because he had no remorse for that. Also, fuck. I Hovind's that assault of his now ex-wife, allegations of theft of ministry money by a Hovind colleague, the arrest of that colleague for a drugged-out alleged carjacking, a late-night evidence removal operation by more than a dozen church volunteers, and the fatal shooting of a dog near Dinosaur Adventureland. Okay. They shot a dog? I didn't even know about that one. What was the dog doing? Does it matter? Was it attacking a dinosaur? Because those aren't <laughs> real. Um, and one of the Hoven's former secretary even said, after that child died from the baptism, uh-huh. and uh, again... Bad luck that I was really upset about the dog <laughs> and not the child, but, but the, apparently I already dealt with it. After that happened, the child was pronounced dead at the hospital. Jesus. What was Kent Hoven doing when everyone was at the hospital? He, according to his former secretary, Kent Hovind is walking around the hospital, passing out ministry cards saying, come to Dinosaur Adventureland. We'll give you tours. We're free. Everything's free. Come see us. He's handing out business cards. As a child lay at the hospital. By his hand. Not by his hand. By his property. Yeah. By his. Uh Uh-huh. Cheese. Like. I've known for a long time he's a bad dude. What do you think it's like to be like a pure sociopath? So my understanding is that psychopaths and sociopaths who don't feel empathy, they also don't feel anxiety. And I'm not going to lie, that is an appealing feel. Like, can you imagine being... Not having any troubles going on in Truly, imagine being at least partially responsible for the death of a child, which I've said many times on this podcast, is my absolute number one fear is that I accidentally kill somebody. And my dude is like, great. It's a whole new audience for me to preach to. The absolute lack of morality and empathy is we need to study this man's brain. It's the only time anyone's ever said that. I mean, it's probably very smooth. Kent Hovind, when they were at, he was asked by the Daily Beast about that account of, were you like passing out business cards in the hospital, dude? Like, what am I going to do? Just sit there? (laughs) He said, I do vaguely remember that. And yes, I probably did that. My business card has the plan of salvation. They are actually gospel tracks. So I do that everywhere I go. I'm trying to get people saved. I am an evangelist. That's his response to, were you seriously doing this at the hospital? Um, and so, also so interesting, bad. It's so bad. but while all this is happening Jesus. and everyone who works there is like, Oh my God, what the hell just happened over here? He is still posting on YouTube. This is from the article. Helvin still hop operates dinosaur Adventureland and makes regular videos on YouTube where he has more than 215,000 subscribers. But here's what's interesting in the week since this article has gone up. And I don't know if it's cause of this article, 
his primary YouTube channel was terminated. So he goes on his alternative channel Mm -hmm. and says, I'm here now. That one just got terminated, too. So he set up a new one that has like 12 followers right now. I'm one of them. (laughs) And he says... He offers this weird disclaimer that says, uh, this is a YouTube channel for a church. And so whatever we're saying is like under the Chill. guise of a church. So, you know, YouTube, you can't come after us now, which is not how nothing. That works. That's nothing. Uh, so he just made up his own legal disclaimer. Is he doing? Do you remember like back in the day with like LimeWire when we had to t- like download yes. things and they would try to get around copyrights by doing like Bruce Springsteen spelled B-R-O-O-S-E. <laughs> Do you think that's how he's doing his YouTube video? <laughs> like he just increasingly spells his own name wrong. What I'm curious about is I genuinely don't know what he did to get the thing terminated because like I've heard him for years and he says all sorts of stupid things but none of them strike me as like YouTube is coming after you because you said something he says wrong things but he doesn't say like dangerous dangerous things yeah that's not his style usually Mm. so I don't know what it was that did the trick but I'm glad the thing is gone um, I just recently Wait, heard... so the whole park is... No, sorry. Oh. The two YouTube channels oh. he used to spread his message, because how else oh, is anyone going to learn about this place oh, in the middle of nowhere, Alabama? People are always passing through Lenox, Alabama. <laughs> exactly. This is his primary mode of getting information out. He mm-hmm. just lost those. Mm-hmm. He has a third channel. I can't imagine that's going to stay up, because YouTube is... You're violating their terms of service if they terminate you, and you try to set up a ghost account somewhere else or a new one. Sure. So it shouldn't be up. He could be deleted for that, too. I don't know. But anyway, like, it's just, uh, we'll post the link in the show notes, but that whole Daily Beast story, if you haven't followed every in and out of this guy's life. Which you have. Which I have way too much. It's all I do. Um, What's your daughter's birthday? I don't know. This is worth reading just to get a sense of how messed up this guy is, this Mm. place is, uh, just wild. That's bananas. I'll give you some interesting. I can't stop thinking about what it would be like to not have anxiety. (laughs) Here's some interesting news because Democrats rarely do anything. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. (laughs) Like, I'm usually the least bad option. Mm. But also, this was interesting. The Democratic National Committee met last weekend. This You may have read about this in the news because one of the things they decided is we're done with the Iowa caucuses and the first vote in the Democratic primary mm-hmm. uh, next time around is mm-hmm. going to be a primary in South Carolina. Which makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. That's the story that people heard of. But also during the weekend, they did a bunch of other things too, which no one heard about. Oh. But one of the things they did is they passed a resolution that specifically calls out like religious extremism and Christian nationalism. Here's what the resolution says. Whereas white religious nationalist ideology is advanced by a vocal yet powerful minority, Hmm. whereas Christian clergy and evangelical leaders across the nation have signed on to an open letter noting the perversion of the Christian faith Mm. by those other people. Wow, that's a big thing. Mm, Perversion of the Christian faith. That was from their letter. Whereas religious nationalist rhetoric and symbols were prominent in the violent January 6, 2021 insurrection. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like one of the things one of the uh, police officers said on January 6th, it was clear the terrorists perceived themselves to be Christians. Mm -hmm. I saw the Christian flag directly to my front. Another read, Jesus is my savior. Trump is my president. Another, Jesus is king. And Mm. Whereas democracy is incompatible with democracy and religious freedom in a pluralistic society, 
Wait, what? They said, like, again, no theocracy. It's bad. Religious oh, oh, freedom okay, yeah, is yeah. necessary. So they're basically denouncing uh, white religious nationalism hmm. as a resolution. Two things about that. What One does is a resolution they de- do? It says this is what our party stands for. Gotcha. Uh, which, does it actually mean anything? I don't know. Because how many people are saying, well... I'll support Democrats, but let me see what you... Let me read your platform. Right, right. No one does that, but symbolically it means Mm. something. It is weird that they use the phrase white religious nationalism rather than white Christian nationalism, which is the thing that's the problem. Mm, Yeah, but that makes sense that they're trying not to get... It's like like they they called out religious extremism and... Christian extremists, but they didn't want to mix the two together. Honestly, I don't blame them. I think that would be a harder like road for them to hoe if it's like Christian nationalism extreme, uh, extremism. It would be very easy to call them out and quote them as saying they're against anti-Christians. Right. Yes, so that's maybe exactly that's the reason. Right. But here's the thing to keep in mind. Is this symbolic? Purely. But what this could do is, look, it's saying as a party, we recognize that's a threat. So if you're a candidate who calls it out... You're not doing anything weird anymore. Like, you should be. We are on your side here. Mm-hmm. We all agree. Sure. This is a problem. The Democratic Party is back in your opinion. Yeah. Officially. And I hope that more candidates see this as a green light mm-hmm. to go after it. And as the resolution makes clear, it's not anti-Christian. They're even saying very specifically, no, there are plenty of Christians right. across the country who agree with us. And they even, and that these other extremists are perverting the faith. And they even kind of snuck in a bit of a no true Scotsman in there when they said these people claim to be Christian or claim to represent Christianity, something like that. They said that it was a very specific phrasing that they used. Um, I'll find it in okay. here. Um, Uh, They did say white religious nationalist ideology is advanced by a vocal yet powerful minority and does not represent the values of the majority of Americans, either of faith or secular Mm -hmm. in the U.S. or within the Democratic Party. Mm. Yeah, I thought I I clocked somebody somewhere saying that it was like a... They claim to be Christians or they claim no, to represent that, Christianity. No, not in here. Not in no? this okay, resolution. I, I hey, how come we use whereas at the beginning of every sentence I in don't resolutions? Know. It must be a relic from like the 18th century. I don't know when they started doing whereas. It's very strange that we still do that. Um, and I'll give you one more positive story here from Australia. Mm. This is interesting. Uh, I file this under like, why can't my elected officials be more like this? <laughs> there, are, I'm going to try to... Make a parallel here. Imagine 21 mayors sending a letter to like the state government saying, hey, we need your guidance on something. That's what these people did. 21 council members across the state of Victoria in Australia sent a letter to the state government wanting guidance regarding Christian invocations at meetings. Basically, what they're saying is there's no rule about what we should do or shouldn't do. And they're saying that a lot of places have gotten rid of it because they see it as more exclusionary than welcoming, which is true. Which is true. But also there's no rule saying they need to do that. And some council members have said, we got to keep this. It's tradition. Like, so we're not doing this to promote Christianity. We're doing this because it's the way it's always done. Mm -hmm. So these 21 council members sent a letter to the state government saying, "Give us, tell us what to do here, or at least make it clear sure. that this is optional. You don't have to do it, whatever it is. One person said, there's a big shift in our country. No religion is 38.9% of the population, mm. and that population is not being represented. <laughs> there needs to be a standardization across all councils. I think that's what the attempt is here. Wow. And that's 
totally on board. Uh, the letter that they sent even says freedom of religion necessarily includes freedom from religion. Hmm. Some counselors take exception to their council having an official prayer derived from the traditions of a single religion, mm. pointing out that this is inconsistent with the multicultural and multi-faith diversity of the communities the council represents. Shoot. Also interesting. Golly, there's more? There's, there is one more. That a couple years ago, the... In 2020, the state of Victoria in Australia passed what's called the Local Government Act of 2020 that basically says this is how all the areas need to conduct their uh, business. And they said councils are constituted as representative bodies that are accountable, transparent, collaborative, efficient, and engaged with their communities. It sounds kind of like just it's a thing you say. Mm -hmm. But these people are saying, you passed a law mm -hmm. that said we need to be accountable, representative of yeah. our communities. Guess what? A lot of our communities are not Christian anymore. Mm -hmm. So using your own law mm -hmm. as like the backdrop here, can you tell us, hey, it's totally fine if you get rid of invocations right. in the name of the law, in the name of representing your communities? Because as soon as you do that, we can go after these tradition people sure. and say we're not doing anything wrong. And anymore. they're appealing up because they they probably don't want the decision on their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody like wants you... to be like, him and <laughs> just did this thing. No, no, no. We just asked mom and dad. Right. <laughs> we asked an adult. That is my read on the situation. Mm -hmm. So whether that will happen, I don't know, but it's like, oh, it's nice to see all these. By the way, some of those people who signed on to the letter are very much Christian mm. and they're saying, yeah, I'm on board with this too, because I don't think my religion should represent everybody I here. I do love when we get a good Christian coalition in a separation of church <laughs> and state. It really makes me feel good and happy. It helps a ton. It, yeah. Uh, one final story here is from Oklahoma where Republicans... Where no. Down that mm, did you see that the guy who runs Project Veritas, that like hidden camera uh -huh. fake, like such a shame. Edit. It's such a cool name for such a terrible right. um, system. Yeah. One of the complaints, the guy who leads it just got like fired almost from his own group. Why? Because everyone's like, one, he treats us like crap. Well, but two, he's wasted a ton of money because he wanted everyone to go to like a different state to watch him act in like an outdoor version of Oklahoma, the musical. I'm so happy right now. Yeah. How did we not lead with this? <laughs> Are right, you kidding me? Right, right Wing Watch. Did he even play Curly or was he just I like no a tree? Idea. I have not seen video of that performance yet, but Right Wing Watch is like, that guy has done musical something before. Like uh -huh. his group ran a ad somewhere before. And it's, if you watch him and imagine the cringiest oh. dude trying to be cool and rap and sing. And it's that. And they're like, I, now I just want to find this video. Oh, it makes me so happy. Please, somebody find it and send it over to me. I my also point, need to know what role he played. It's a cow. Being, I know it. <laughs> Oklahoma Republicans have proposed a bill that would basically shove Christianity into social studies classes. Um, this is the relevant portion. Like social studies. Yeah, that's how they called, that's their version of their history classes. But the U.S. history component oh, required yeah. in the social studies curriculum for all students shall include, Whoop. this is what the bill says if it passes. Whereas. It shall <laughs> include specific quotes from the founding fathers about America's Christian heritage. What quotes are those? Um, make them up. It's oh, the same. Oh, okay. If you put quotes around them, they're a quote. <laughs> including the influence of the Ten Commandments and the Bible on America's founding documents. If presented objectively as part of a secular program, primary sources, sources shall include, but not be limited to, 
and then a whole bunch of founding fathers and also like names no one's heard of, but they only exist in the Christian bubble as Christian patriots. Oh, sure. Like Joseph like, Story, uh, Button Gwinnett. Is that one of the, what's that guy's name? I have no name? idea what you're talking about. He was one of the about. signers of the declaration. His name is Button. Sure. Um, anyway, this is proposed by state Senator David Bullard. And the thing is, he's tried this before. He tried it a couple years ago and the bill went nowhere. Mm. And so the question is, because it's stupid, because it is stupid. And the thing is, this David Bullard guy posts pictures on Facebook repeatedly. Button Gwinnett. Where uh (laughs) Georgia, he, he posts pictures repeatedly of like, here's David Barton, the Christian pseudo historian who just makes up stuff about history. David Barton is my nemesis. (laughs) This guy and Michael Shermer. You could tell two nemeses. You could tell David Barton's influence of the stuff he says. Oh yeah, our history classes never teach this stuff about the founders, and it's all made up, and it's all BS to the point where years ago he wrote a book about Thomas Jefferson's secret Christian past, and his Christian publishers said, "Oh shit, we published this, but it has so many lies in it. We need to pull it from the shelf." Right. That's David Barton. Uh, Bullard here is basically quoting David Barton stuff verbatim. Sure. And years ago, uh, our friend Andrew Seidel of Americans United for mm-hmm. Separation of Church and State called out the specific problems with the bill. I asked him again, like, so what do you think of this new bill? He said, entirely lacking in policy proposals that would aid his constituents or improve their lives. Mm. He focuses on the tribalism of Christian nationalism, demonizing others, and using machinery of the state to impose his benighted identity on everyone else. Conservative, white, Christian privilege is the true goal of bills like this. Nice. And of course, a couple years ago, Andrew also went over like the names that this guy mentions that have to be included in a curriculum. He's like two of these names are only in like the David Barton cinematic universe. They don't exist in other classes because there's nothing about significant. They're not significant to the founding of our nation. So the fact that they are Christian is irrelevant. Mm. And even in the other cases, I mean, we can go through why the myth of a Christian nation is there and all that. But he's like, two of these names shouldn't even be here because they have nothing to do with the founding of the country. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, that's a... This is what Andrew said back then. We all know they're all deists. It's so fucking famous that George Washington et al. were all fucking deists. Two of the names that have to be included in the curriculum. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Joseph Story and Noah Webster. Andrew said Webster and Story, scholars do not consider them to be founding fathers. They were not part of the Continental Congress, mm, different do anything. They weren't part of the Continental Congresses or Constitutional Convention. Webster never held a national office. Story was born three years after the colonies declared independence <laughs> and was only 10 years old when the Constitution was written. He went on to become a Supreme Court justice and he has said some stuff in his private writings about Christianity. But again, what does that have to do with the founding of the nation? No one knows. Noah Webster was, in addition to being a uh, representative, did uh, put together the first American oh, he is the uh, dictionary. Oh, all right. There you go. Yep, so anyway, yep, yep. that's being promoted in Oklahoma once again. It failed a couple years ago. He's trying again now. We'll see. He's been called the father of American scholarship and education. Mm. Maybe we should learn more about him. Stop encouraging Oklahoma (laughs) Republicans. He seems neat. Okay, um, so we have our bonus episode coming. Oh, first of all, next week, no regular episode. Next week, we're skipping an episode. However, however. I am very excited because we will be... um, we will be putting out an interview I did um, earlier this week 
with Dr. Kelly Carter Jackson, who is a professor at Wellesleyan. Wellesleyan, I can never say that correctly. Wesleyan. Wesleyan. I want an L to be in there. Um, Wesleyan. Uh, uh, she is. Uh, a scholar on 18th century black history and generally about the American black lived experience. She's the host of um, two of my favorite podcasts this day in esoteric political history and Oprah Demics. Um, she's so smart and cool and funny and we had fun and oh my God, I'm obsessed with her. Um, so that will be up next week. I'm very, and if you're very watching excited. it on YouTube, you will actually get, yeah, video, the video of the two yeah. of them talking. And at one point, my dog professionally walks up and just shoves her face in my face, that's which how is her. Podcasting works. Yeah, that's how my dog shows affection because she's a dum dum. Um, so yeah, so next week, um, I'm very very excited to share that with everybody. It was cool. We we talked about it immediately after Viola Davis e got it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we talked about um, primarily the connection between. Um, she's an expert on abol- the abolitionist movement. Mm. So we talked about the connection between Christianity and abolitionism and abolitionists and like just general attitudes about slavery because as we all know, everybody used the Bible to justify whether they were pro or anti slavery. We talked about that and all kinds of other things. Oh, it was cool and fun, and I think I blacked out for the whole thing, so I don't really remember, <laughs> but it was it was great. Um, so that will be next week. I can't wait to share that with you. Bonus episode topics. Are you ready, Hannah? All right. Um, I'm back uh, horse shopping for my barn, and I have some fun horse names I would like to share with you. Hey. Uh, Hemet and I talked a lot about Stitch Fix before we recorded, and we're going to extend that conversation uh, in the bonus episode. There is a new game that I'm obsessed with called Squiggle Drop, which okay. sounds stupid, and it kind of is stupid, but I'm obsessed with it. And I was just over at uh, the College of DuPage, COD nearby, and uh, for a volunteer fair that I was um, working at. And I was looking through their little course catalog, and I want to talk about how we should go take courses at COD. It's very local <laughs> They're only show. like 80 bucks. Like, they're pretty cheap. And there's one about, like, the history of Adam and Eve. What? I want that. Okay, you can find Tell me on me Twitter <laughs> at um, Jess Bloomke. You can find Hemant at Hemant Meta. You can always mm-hmm. email us at friendlyatethispodcast at gmail.com. You can you... go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast to support the show. Are you not happy with your local atheist podcast? Hey, <laughs> let me tell you about so one we have going on. Gang, I am so sorry if you are an atheist podcaster who has been connected to that asshole because <laughs> shit is popping off and it's not. I'm really, really, really sorry. Um, if you would like to say how much you like or dislike our show, you can always uh, go to uh, iTunes um, and leave a review like this one from Auga. <laughs> I assume. It's just a bunch of O's and a G-A. Jessica and some other dude. Five stars. Great show with singing feminist rants and sadness with the state of the world. There's also some dude on the podcast, but I don't <laughs> normally listen to what he says. Thank you, Ouga. Another okay, one. My, my favorite show. Family. Trills. Lovely contrasting in personality in the hosts. All of the secular news podcasts I get. Uh, of all the secular news news podcasts i get the most entertainment from this one same news stories as everyone gets because everyone gets theirs from this one but unscripted (laughs) banter and bickering make it better excellent i mean honestly probably everybody pulls their news from your blog at the bare minimum i i have heard that from the other podcasters (laughs) and they get mad when i don't post (laughs) 
They say it lovingly, but also they're like, hey, uh, can hey, you... hey, we have content. Yeah. <laughs> we have content we to create. More. All right, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Two weeks. Bye, guys. <laughs>